Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? Next, a week from today is my first day. I'll be Yay! in New York next Monday through Friday. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And uh, just to make things even crazier, mm-hmm. we found out Friday night, Sarah got into grad school. Oh, oh my God. I thought you were going to say she was pregnant <laughs> and I was about to have a heart attack. <sighs> no, Yay! no, no. Grad school so much better. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, she's absolutely not pregnant. No, got into grad school Friday night, which is exciting and surprising and amazing. And also it's George Washington University in DC. You're moving. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) I can't. I have to do this job. That's true. You have a new job. Oh, Uh, did she do it online? No. No. Damn it. It is a six days a week intensive 11 month program at George Washington University with Shakespeare okay. Theater Company. Yeah, so it's there'll be an 11 month period of which from August to July she'll be in DC, I guess. Um wow. and I will be, so so I am moving just to like a probably smaller temporary like one year apartment mm-hmm. that's I knew I was I told you before I was looking at moving. Uh because of the new job now I'm moving yeah probably because the new job but also like before I was looking for like where are Sarah and I going to like live for a considerable amount of time yeah now that this circumstance has changed but now it's like all right well where uh, where is Ducky and where are Ducky yeah, and I gonna where, are you? Uh, <laughs> where are the where are two boys gonna go live for like 11 months in a bachelor pad style yeah. We'll see. It's crazy. All these things are changing. By all accounts, it's good. Um, it's just a lot to figure out now. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be fun. <sighs> yeah. Okay. It's one of those, we get into it's it? One of those Mondays. Yeah. All right. I watched this episode a week ago oh, and boy. did not watch it. Did not watch it again good thing to prepare for today. Recap. Yeah, thank I... God. <laughs> I don't care for this episode. So we're not, I just, I'm, I didn't realize how much I'm not enjoying season seven. When I think about season seven, I think about like Corey and Topanga's wedding and their honeymoon and like Angela, all of Angela and Sean's drama. And then of course the like big finale episode where everyone takes off and jets off on their different adventures. I didn't realize a lot of these like fluff episodes at the beginning, I would not enjoy. There's a lot of just filler shit in season seven that doesn't do it for me. No, it's it's not good. Like this episode, mm-hmm. it's not great. Okay, so here, for it. I, 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 this episode is like a, it's a dichotomy for me. I enjoy the Jack and Eric. Okay, yeah, that's the, like, fair. Which is objectively, in my opinion, the, the A plot here is, the, is our Jack and agree. Eric story. Yeah. I hate the B plot. Mm-hmm. It's it awful. Terrible. It's, it was, it was, oh, it was just it was so to annoying watch. to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just so cringy and awful to watch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was like, I, I objectively like the A plot. I'm a fan. Like, it's a good time. It's a, it's an easy little lesson. It's like, it's an interesting, like, investment in these characters. Mm-hmm. And I despise what we do with the rest of our time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. 
That is exactly right. Well, in case you don't know where you are right now, this is the Feeny Call. We are on season seven, episode five. <clears throat> you light up my union, which, as we all know, is after uh, the song written by Joe Brooks, sung by Debbie Boone. What I didn't know, and my fun fact for the day, is did you know this song was a Grammy winner and an Oscar winner? I didn't know it was an Oscar winner. I didn't know it was an Oscar I, winner. Every After song's a Grammy winner. So. <laughs> <laughs> every song has probably won a Grammy at some point or another. They give out like 800 Grammys a year, and they all kind of feel the same, but like just nichely different enough and they were last night and i don't give a shit no quinn goes were the grammys last night and i said uh i think so that's i don't touched on right they they were last night i don't i don't know anything about how the grammys are voted upon i don't understand the difference in categories between things of like record of the year and song of the year and like, oh, it, like there's so many variations and permutations of categories that feel the exact same. Yeah. And so many people win Grammys every year that I just don't even know what to do. So, yeah. It's not to like take it away from you. Like, if you've won a Grammy, cool. Like, that's, yeah, absolutely. I have not. So, but like, good for you. That rules. But of all the things you could win. <laughs> Let's just, really let's put it this way. The, the G is the easiest letter to get of the yes, EGOT. Yes, in the EGOT. That's exactly <laughs> right. What's next? Oh, I did my, uh, oh yeah. Anyway, you did your so Oscar fact. winner. We, that's, yeah. how, that's how we got here. It was Oscar and Grammy winning song. And then we really uh, spun out of there. That's out. what it that's was. Okay. That's okay. The Grammy yeah, is so what we watched. Yeah. This song is apparently not just a Grammy winner, but also an Oscar winner because of the movie of the same name. So there you go. There's fun fact for the day. I there didn't realize the song right. is not, it's just not my favorite song. So I was very interested yeah. in the fact that, oh, but I do have a fun story about it. A little fun anecdote. Okay. My, our Skylar and my mutual friend Ray sang this at her grandmother's wedding and she accidentally sang the words wrong. And Oof. fortunately nobody noticed, but she said, how can something feel so right when it's so wrong or something to that effect? She switched like two mm -hmm. words that should not have been switched. Nobody noticed, uh -oh. but uh -oh. she remembers to this day. That's rough. Wow. That's fine. That's well, fine. it is your turn <sighs> to recap this very mixed messages episode. <laughs> I just, you're going first as far as lessons go. You're going first. <laughs> okay. And away. We. Go. The boys have been breaking into the girl's apartment because uh, Topanga gave them a key without asking Rachel. And it's really bothering Rachel that they're there all the time and they're eating her food and they're going through her underwear drawer. And so eventually she takes advantage of that and she starts to wear like scantily clad things around the house to kind of make them lust after her. And the girls get angry and then they finally kick them out. And she's like, see, I want some privacy in my own home. Meanwhile, Eric and Jack are working at the student union. Eric was supposed to take a deposit to the bank and he gave it to a monkey anyway. And Jack, was mad at him but time. Was like, time damn you See, spent this is why like I hold 20 it you spent like 22 seconds on the boys and the the girls apartment when all that needed to be said was Corey and sean fucking suck 
Topanga <laughs> and Angela don't really hold them accountable. No, for anything. And then and and then we move on. Like that there <laughs> Ugh. Gross. I hate it. Yeah, it sucks. So what did I learn? I learned yeah, that late stage learn? capitalism ah! is in <laughs> is uh clinging at the the hopeless and the lost and preying upon the vulnerable uh <laughs> i already knew that um no what i think what i think the the lesson i'm going to choose to take away here today is it is based on eric and, and jack mm-hmm. and i think that the two of them both learn a lot right in that um the the most successful you know, or well, so one, you know, it depends on how you define success, right? Um, and that they're both struggling to, de- to figure out their definition of success. Eric is mm-hmm. defining success largely based on like good deeds and, and happiness and whatnot, whereas mm-hmm. Jack is defining it strictly in kind of like a financial business aspect, right? Mm-hmm. And what I, what I think we come to learn is that the, the good deeds and happiness is a little bit more important, but it's not at full expense of your responsibilities um you know they're they're and i what i think jack comes around on is when he gives the money to the woman who's struggling with the payment Mm -hmm. he follows it up with a line later where he says like i'm going to be working here every day and every night to like pay that money back yeah and so what i think is important there is he realizes he's like listen i had an opportunity to like do something good for someone and help a person in need and you know, we can still like manage to make it, make it right with the business end of things too. Yeah. At my own, like at my own expense, like I will put in the work. And so all of that is kind of long winded to say that like being a good person should, and like helping those in need should be a priority over your, your financial and business prospects, but you don't also have to like fully discard you know, you can't, you can't fill from an empty pitcher, right? So yeah, like, exactly. you gotta, you gotta work to have something to give. To, yeah. So. Yeah. So I think the two of them kind of learn that, that nice balance together between the kind of mm-hmm. good deeds and your, and good works and all that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? <sighs> I was trying to find a way to like bridge both plots oh that's nice of you i was fully prepared (laughs) to steamroll the shit out of the Corey and sean plot i think (laughs) the biggest thing if i if i'm trying to bridge and this might be a little bit of a reach which is fine if it is and i think i've used this as a lesson in a previous episode but don't be so caught up in what is going on in your life that you're not acknowledging the not I don't know, like not seeing others or not acknowledging the experience of other people, because I feel like Jack got so like, I'm the manager and you need to be responsible and whatever. And he's not like seeing how thoughtful and how, uh, upbeat and how much Eric brings to the table. Um, and that's why, like, obviously he sees himself in the position of the, the bank manager who was like, you can't like give her a break. Like, what are you doing? And just kind of discounting, um, Eric's experience as this, you know, upbeat, um, yeah, individual. And 
same thing with the apartment that everyone is ignoring Rachel's experience. No one is listening to her. So she has to take drastic measures to be like, hello, I'm here. I am a person who need, who deserves to be listened to. I'm happy that you guys just got back together with your boyfriends, but I'm here. I live here. I pay rent. They do not. So stupid. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I've got like, I, I could go on for days about the, the, um, sheer absurdity and misogyny and just like I just the 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 rampant like breach of of trust and space and also depending on Angela and their fucking like enabling of this atrocious behavior yeah um, I is almost worse. I think worse. It feels more frustrating to me that they, like I, if these two boys are the gross fuckers that they are, but that when they're like, oh, but look at them, I just want to kick them in the teeth. Mm -hmm. Like all four of them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly. Well, and especially I think it's frustrating to me that the thing that the straw that breaks the camel's back is something is them sexualizing someone else, their roommate, Uh instead of, like, them. And it's so frustrating to... The entire situation is just frustrating to watch because it's just, like, that's the thing. Of course, that's the thing. Of course, we're going to make that a big deal as opposed to any of the other shit, eating her food, going into her bedroom, period. Like, regardless of what you're digging into in her bedroom, you're going in her bedroom without her permission no absolutely not like that's there's so many other things that should have been the straw that broke the camel's back but of course it's the fact that they're fucking sexualizing her yeah no these these boys they i i don't know man if i were banging angela i would have just dumped them again immediately i know i would have been like we had fun i would have been like no no this was not the right choice i was better before bye bye fuck you very much and they're not even like funny it would it's it's way different. no they're not even funny they're not they're not cute they're just garbage yeah i feel like sometimes we'll have moments in this episode or in this show where it's just like yeah their boys are being like assholes but they have some funny comedic moments within those like asshole moments this isn't even there's no funny like i did not laugh no there's there's just so much so much boys will be boys energy Yes. So much yeah. of boys will be boys energy that it's just gross and exhausting to watch in 2022. Like it is. I could not imagine sitting down with like my, uh, I'm a parent and I have a 14 year old and I'm like, Oh, let me show you this television show that I really loved when I was your age. Mm-hmm. And like watching this with a 14 year old today, it would no. fucking slap me in the face or something. Like, what is the matter with you? I would, I know. And I would have to be like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. I think we're done with it. <laughs> yeah. This feels like an episode upon, I, I feel like if, if this podcast has given us anything, it's definitely given me a list of episodes that I'm like, if I ever do another rewatch, which I'm sure I will again, I love this show. Uh, <laughs> I will one. skip. I will skip. Like I have a list of episodes that I will just skip. <laughs> and so this is one yeah. of them. 
Honestly, I might just right. skip the entire seventh season. I might just skip to well, I'd watch episodes. <laughs> the highlight. I like Angela's men, but okay. so far, all of the episodes in season seven have been skippable to me. I just am tired of like Corey and Sean. Yeah. I'm just tired of them. They're not cute anymore. Sean's not the little troubled boy that we fell in love with in season two. And Corey's mm-hmm. just an Corey's like prime five, six, and seven season like Corey is just prime asshole Corey that I just can't even. Yeah. It's unbearable. We've really, we've, we've really stepped in. We've like stepped up across the line of like the characters have just become caricatures of their silliest things, Mm -hmm. which is like a sitcom thing that happens when you write for seven years on the same characters, they eventually just become the silliest versions of themselves. There's a, uh, there was a story I was just listening to the other day talking about the, Simpsons and I guess it was the creator of the Simpsons or writer for the Simpsons it was early on it was like how dumb are we like willing to make Homer right like how stupid can we make Homer and it was like well you know there, there was a bar I guess of some kind and then there was like if we like exceed this this joke we wrote makes him a little bit stupider really than we've painted him previously right mm-hmm. and uh, overton's window that's what it's called the theory where you're like you're like your willingness to accept something it's like yeah. a political social theory and it also has to do with like you could apply it to like america coming to terms with like gay people basically existing yeah. and like our overton's window expanding on that just like through but again you can use it in tv writing where it's like well we have these characters and uh, we pushed our window a little bit more with this joke. And then like the next time you come around, well, you already pushed it a little bit more there. So now you're pushing it a little more than that. And like, you keep on making your, your line a tiny bit further each time, but seven years later, you're very far <laughs> past the thing that you once started with. And that's, feel- that's how I feel with them. We've really like, we've pushed that Overton's window way too far. <laughs> There's just been so much. It's it's frustrating to watch, not in Corey's sense. The two most frustrating people to watch go through this are Eric and Sean, because we saw, we, we've seen so much growth in Sean throughout this whole process. He's just been like mm-hmm. so great uh, and come around to a lot of realization about himself and his family and his past. And He's just had a lot of healing, but also a big, long journey. And then just to see him be like an asshole teenager still, it's just like, oh God. There, yeah, there really are two Sean's. There's like the Sean that is like interested and introspective and like thinks and acts on his own and like realizes that Corey is kind of a crazy fucker sometimes. And then there's the the sean as Corey's sidekick and like yeah they are it's decidedly not like we shift between those within an episode it's like this episode sean plays the dumb sidekick and this episode sean plays the person with his own personality yep yeah it's true and you already know how i feel about eric i think they just kind of yes we're already there so but you know what you know what this is a pretty good Eric episode. It is. It's a great Eric episode. I think it's frustrating because they play him out to obviously Jack expects him to do something stupid. And then it appears that he has, and it turns around in the end, which is good, but it's very playing on the fact that Jack expects him to do something stupid because we built him into an idiot. Uh-huh. So it's, it's, frustrating in that sense but it it has a good payoff because obviously he 
he gets the money back and it all ends up happy and Sarah brought up a very good point in this episode and it's yeah. when Feeney is talking to Jack about them getting the jobs and stuff right and like it'll look good and I'm like Eric has worked since he was like 15 at his dad's grocery store and then he was a small business owner yeah, of yeah. The, <laughs> the the mountain and the, the outdoor supply store like he's an owner of that store <laughs> like yeah. the man has work experience in like retail and customer service <laughs> it's true almost um, exclusively retail and customer right service. whereas i i fully believe jack's never had a job that i believe honestly in this episode we should see jack the one who is like struggling to like have a job yeah, that would have yeah. maybe made more that would have made more sense with their character backgrounds is that like silver spoon up his ass he's never actually had a job in his life and i feel like we do that later like when we get around to graduation he's like yeah. i don't know what to do with my life i've never like worked a day in my life basically and like we kind of do that it really feels like here should have been the place to start this journey of like rich boys never worked kind of thing yeah i honestly now that we are how i kind of wish the show had gone is I wish we had almost shifted focus in season seven and just started to focus on like Rachel, Jack and Eric, since it's their senior year and them figuring out what they want to do. And I know that the fans wanted to see Corey and Topanga get married. And I know that that, and Sean and Angela get back together. Like, I understand that, but now that they're in their little like happy bubble, they're getting married, they're back together. I don't care about them. I want to see Eric and Jack and Rachel struggle to figure out they're the ones like meeting the world at this point because Corey's still comfortably sitting in his sophomore year of college. Like who cares? But these all, they're all graduating this year. And so it's like, I want to see what they're doing, what they're figuring out, like how they're dealing with that. And I feel like we touch on it, but we never dive deep into it. And I really want a more of an arch with that. I think that that would mm -hmm. be helpful I think it would be helpful because, you know, it realistically what 19 year olds, 20 year olds are actually getting married these days. And even in the nineties, I feel like it wasn't like 19 year olds and 20 year olds getting married. It feels more appropriate. Like the show should have grown up with, with the people watching there, there was a demographic there for I'm graduating and I don't know what I'm doing. More I feel I like they do try like, to married. <laughs> they like try to do that anyway, even though they're not graduating. Like they make that whole thing at the end of this. Yeah. All of that anyway. Now the only 20 year olds I know that get married are like the really, really religious ones. Um yep. so yep. and we know that Corey is only religious when he needs to be. So yes. Yeah, it's true. They all are. They all are. Yeah, because Eric yeah. does the same thing with the whole Tommy thing. Yeah, talking to God. Right, right, right. John too. Right, right, right. He talks but, to God for Turner. Yeah, yeah. They're all they're all religious when they need to be, and that's the hypocrisy. Um, <laughs> no, no, Those no. Heathens. I don't know this this episode. You know the I I enjoy Jack or I enjoy Jack and Eric, and I like. I like Eric's big energy in the beginning where he's like having fun in the student union he's mm -hmm. amping up the vibe and then you know we we get a quick little look into um what feels like an infographic about the cycle of abuse where it's like uh boss yells at boss then or boss yells at manager manager yells at employee employee yells at 
a wife, wife yells at child. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it like cycle over, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, of of abuse and like how it how it stacks around and the circle of screaming. I guess. Yeah, the screaming circle. That's a, that's what I was. I was like, there's like a meme of this. Um, yeah. There's <laughs> an episode kind of, of How I Met Your Mother where Barney talks about this. Cha- the, he talks about the circle of screaming, and then it ends up being a chain of screaming. Mm. Anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, who's your MVP, Megan? Um, it's either Eric or Feeney. It's and I Feeney. feel like I could bat for both. <laughs> I feel like I could bat for both. Feeney feels like the back end of this. Like if you want to talk about like who's kind of putting in the work without actually really putting in the work, it's definitely Feeney. Because mm-hmm. he's the one who set them to work together and said like, I want you to learn from each other. And he knew that Jack uh-huh. also needed to loosen up and like, and not take everything so seriously. But Eric, like, actually does the damn thing. I pick Feeney. All right, then I'll give it to Eric just to have some. All right. (laughs) Eric, like, he does the damn thing, you know? He goes, he has the this big heart to give this money to this person um, with the trust that he will get it back. And in some cases, you don't. In some cases... You do. I think the only thing where that falls apart for me is I'm just like, it wasn't really his money to give. It's like from the business. But at the same time, Jack says something about like working to make it up. So I'm like, I guess if Jack can, then Eric can too. Like I'm sure Eric or Jack was like, you're going to have to work extra for that. And we really kind of hand wave away the like business end of it a little bit with that line. And I was like, all right, whatever. As a as a manager who does in fact go to a bank with a large sum of cash and deposit mm-hmm. it on a weekly basis, let me tell you that I do walk two blocks in downtown Chicago past several people asking for money while I hold a couple thousand dollars in an envelope. Yep. And yep. I have never once felt, oh, this is my money to hand to you. Yeah. Cause it's not my, it's like not. if I personally pulled out my wallet and handed some of my own money to you, rock and roll. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, exactly. The money, the money in that envelope that I'm holding though, doesn't belong to me. No. So if I give it to someone else, then I've actually stolen that money really. Exactly. And that's uh, like, okay, which is, fire. we're getting to a, getting into a thorny philosophical argument there of yeah. like helping someone in need but to do so, I actually robbed someone else, basically. Yeah, a little bit of a Robin Hood situation. You know. Well, and also, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be also one thing if this, which the student union probably does really well. I can't imagine that they're like hungry for money at all times. Um, but uh-huh. yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, well, if the student union is like, we're, a multi-million dollar company, then I'd be like, yeah. Right, right, right. If it's <laughs> like, am I carrying a deposit for Amazon? Then like, I don't give yeah. a shit, but it's a small business technically, right? Up, but I, was I will. <laughs> if I'm carrying a couple thousand dollars to bring to the bank on behalf of Amazon, then yeah, I don't give a fuck who I hand that to. I also don't care if you shoplift from Walmart or something, or like Target. whatever. I don't give a shit about that. Go uh, off, yeah. all right? My, 
do your part and like hang the clothes that you didn't want back up so that the employees don't have to deal with it. (laughs) Oh, please. I had, when I worked in retail, I took a picture of the worst dressing room I'd ever seen. And it was, it fully, when I say a mountain of clothes, I mean, this thing was as tall as me and it was un clothes piled on top of clothes. I was like, this is going to be my entire shift. I'm going to spend five hours undoing all of this. There was this meme that was like, I don't know, these two pictures or whatever. And it was someone, it was like me uh, searching desperately through the jeans at Target for my size so that I can steal them. Also me putting every single pair of jeans right back in the right place (laughs) so the minimum wage employee isn't exploited to do so. (laughs) It was like, yeah, compassionate theft. You're only hurting the corporation. You're not going to hurt the employees. And you're not even hurting the corporation. You're not hurting the corporation. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) You're not hurting them. I think about that every time I buy a shirt from Target. I'm like, I should just take it. I should just take it. Yeah. Literally every single time I buy a shirt from Target, I'm like, they don't fucking need this six dollars from me. I should just take this. No. No. I don't care. As long as it's not a small business or a minority business, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to rob a giant nationwide retailer full of like hedge fund owners and corporate conglomerates? I'll give a fuck, man. Take all their shit. Yeah. (laughs) Again, they're all like Right. I remember exactly. when the Apple store got ransacked last year and Jamie was still working there. And afterwards I was mm-hmm. like, how big of a hit? And she was like, oh, it's all insured. That's not the problem. Like, yeah. She, it doesn't all matter. My hard work. <laughs> but yeah, no. it's, 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 it's nothing. Not it's only, nothing. not only nothing do these companies cool. have, they have insurance on, a, a, you know, can, against this sort of thing. More to the point, especially if you're like robbing target of target brand clothing, then you know what uh, some like child in, in thailand probably sewed those fucking jeans together for pennies a day yeah and so like <laughs> um i don't know about that for certain but it feels plausible it feels um, plausible fast fashion is bad kids don't shop fast fashion so, bad news bears anyway point being you can give away money from that's not yours if it belongs to big corporations but not if it belongs to a small business owner robin hoods yeah everyday robin hoods out here steal those sweaters bring them down to your local shelter yeah yeah exactly but anyway, yes, again, like I literally, you know, I'll walk it's only two blocks from the museum to the bank and I'm holding an envelope full of a couple thousand dollars in cash and then I have at least a couple people like first change and I'm always like I, I I think about this episode a lot of times where I'm like, hmm. Anyway. That's kind of all the yeah, all I think this that's one. Pretty huh? much it. Those were all my notes. Yeah. Hated the boys. Didn't like yeah. didn't like half the episode. But you know, the Eric and Jack stuff was fun. And, uh, you know, little tiny Eric monkey was pretty cute. So his little happy dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a cute little monkey. I like the, uh, I like the Grish, John Grisham joke that Feeney throws in there. Yeah. I was like, that was out of left field. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Grisham. I'm going to, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, look at that. So nice little gut. Tee that one up a little, a little quick hit against John Grisham. Someone in the writer's room is like, let me tell you guys, these fucking books. <laughs> so boring. Yeah, true. That was good. I I clocked that too. I think it was the first time ever that I Uh-oh. noticed it. Oh, is it the washer dryer? 
No, it's tomorrow. Oh, that's right. That's right. That is. Probably Sorry, Ducky. Ducky's I like, guess, yeah. All right, we that's can fine. I'm not gonna go. Ahead yeah, and let's wrap it. it up, though. Ducky's oh. probably gonna grumble through it. So, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you very much. If you've ever stolen from a big corporation, let us know. <laughs> Just Be give sure us your name them. and address. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. First and last name. Make sure to include that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find us on uh, all the socials: Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. We're still there. I'm very inactive on Twitter, so sorry about that. But our Instagram is popping. So if you head over there, I'm very active on our Instagram. What's popping? All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great rest of your week. I hope all your dreams come true and that while you're at the bank, someone hands you $1,700 and you spend it all on our store, on our merch. Listen, I would uh, like everyone to know that Skylar and I are very poor. And so if you are thinking of Robin Hooding anybody, I think we uh we volunteer as tribute. True. I did just get an I did just get a new job with the biggest salary. Okay, I've well Skylar's not life. poor. Megan is poor. <laughs> but my wife's going to grad school, so it canceled out, you know. <laughs> that's fair. That's yeah, you make some good points. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great rest of your weekend. As always, class dismissed.